0: Hello? Stay on the line. Who is this? Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Stay on the Line, a horror movie review podcast hosted by me, Tara Card. And every week I just bring a guest on, um, one of my friends, just to talk about horror movies going on in the life realm that intro was something and this week I'm just gonna introduce this person already. This is my friend River. River, say hi.
1: Hi.
0: Do you want to give a little introduction about yourself?
1: Oh Lord. Uh it, it comes at a pivotal moment in my life because not only is it about to be the end of the year, I am uh, once again revamping and readdressing what it is that I'm doing. But in short Uh, I'm a writer, I do this thing called gig craft. It's a word I made up to describe what it is I do because I do a bunch of things, but I work in publishing. I've been an editor, a writing coach. I do video content sometimes. I have new things planned. I I'm just kind of a woo woo chick and I'm fun to hang around. Yeah. So <laughs> no, it's, it's sad. Cause I, I was thinking before we got on, I was like, I'm going to have to do a spiel about myself. And up until this point, I've had a spiel, but my spiel <laughs> see how many times I can say that in a row is changing, going into the next year and that's okay. And I'm fine with it. I'm, I'm here. I'm just river whatever I put out is what it is. Um, but I'm just readjusting so many things, which ultimately is probably not gonna look very different from what I have been doing. But I'm just like, eh, I don't have a spiel anymore because it's it's under construction. I would say it's
0: pretty self-explanatory. When you say give, gig craft, I, I kind of was just assuming like, oh, River can basically get, do like anything that needs to be done no matter what the gig is, like no matter what the the job is, you can most likely do it, mm-hmm.
1: so. Yeah, and if I can't, I will find somebody. I swear <laughs> to God, I'll find somebody. I had to make Tara uh, do an intro because I was about to tell a story because we just started a conversation because we haven't seen each yeah. other in so long, <laughs> I, I'm last super time, excited.
0: We didn't even get to finish out the last class we had together because no. of COVID.
1: Yeah, no, we we left for spring break and and at first they were like okay spring break's actually gonna be two weeks long we're like okay and we were cool. like yeah bitch yeah i'm like i don't have to drive because i was commuting um about an hour away which i had been doing off and on for six years i'm um, because i don't know I, I was like okay it's a, it's an extra long spring break that's fine and then we <laughs> never went back
0: <laughs> did you did was that your last semester too
1: Yeah, so I just had those last uh, two classes. This was my second bachelor's. I got a second bachelor's in communications because I went, I continued one to protest getting my master's, and two, because um, Paul was starting the film production curriculum. And I had taken some classes with him before, and I was like, I want to keep doing this. I want to learn more because I could just do it forever. And so I. Got my second bachelor's. My first bachelor's is in creative writing. So I've, I'm just a hot mess of creativity and, and suffering. And
0: oh, also those and who don't know, stuff. uh, Paul, uh, Paul Pilger was our teacher. So if we mentioned Paul, that's just our teacher in advance who
1: yeah shout out Paul, <laughs> Paul who doesn't know this exists yet he,
0: he doesn't know this exists he probably will never listen to this because I have no way to contact him
1: <laughs> I text him sometimes because I'll I'll think about uh Robert Downey Jr and I'll be like is he, it hard being Iron Man
0: <laughs> he he sounds exactly like Robert Downey Jr and he gets that we've had so many classes with him, and some new kid always comes in and is like, You sound like Rubber Daniel Jr. Do you get that a lot? <laughs> and we're like, Oh shit, this conversation again. <laughs>
1: And I and I definitely did that the first class I had with him because it must have been like film history or something. And yeah, and he does this thing and I actually hate it. And if Paul hears this, he can know that I hate (laughs) that he does this because I've had so many of his classes, especially when it's a bigger class. Like the other ones were a lot smaller. But when there are like 40 kids in this class, he would do that. I'm going to go around the room. I'm going to ask you a oh question. You can ask God. me a question.
0: Oh my And so when God. it
1: got to me, the question I asked him, because I was mulling on it for like a while. There was like 20 people ahead of me in this classroom. And I'm like, he reminds me of someone. He reminds me of someone. And I was like, oh, I got it. And so I, I think my question was along the lines of, is it hard being Iron Man and, and balancing your life as a teacher or something? And so I was trying to go for like a sideways Robert Downey Jr. joke. I guess he found it hilarious because- <laughs> I, I continued to take classes with him and I didn't completely fail. No, I I did pretty all right in his classes, but yeah, bless his heart. Love the guy, but I, I hate that that thing that he does <laughs> at the beginning of every every class, beginning of the semester.
0: And like, Ugh. we get through like 10 people and it's like, okay, class is over. Uh, I'm ready to leave. And he's like, okay, the next person. I'm like, no, we need to leave. Like But shout out to Paul. Uh, I got a
1: lot. I was going to tell a story because we... So, we started talking about how we're ruined for watching anything film or content or anything creative. And I was gonna tell the story of I've actually been ruined for watching films for a really long time. It was actually when I was getting my my AA or my associate Associates. or something. Yeah, I was not in AA. I was getting an AA if that makes a difference. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm allergic to alcohol and I, that's why I really don't drink more than one drink, drink the entire night. Yeah. If I do, I'll, I'll nurse just a drink the entire night. Um, yeah. If I have one at all. But <laughs> when I was finishing my first stint in college, cause that in, in of itself is a entire podcast series of how I got through college. But I, at the last minute had never done this before during ad drop week where I actually dropped a class and picked another one up after the semester had started, like during that two-week period. And like I grew up a teacher's daughter, so like I don't know why I thought I couldn't do it, but I was like, I need to drop this class. It's not for me. It was like intro to hospitality management or something, and it was terrible. Like 10 minutes into the first class, I was just, uh uh-uh.
0: I couldn't even tell you what that would be about, but I know I wouldn't want to do it.
1: I think one of the, because they do this syllabus overview, and one of the projects for the entire semester was to make a trifold pamphlet like you do in like high school for some weird <laughs> civics class or something. And I'm like, I I don't need to be here. So in, <laughs> in the class, I'm on my phone looking up for other other classes and electives that were open. And what was open was Cinema Appreciation. And I can't remember every single movie we watched in, in that class, but it was like Life of Pi. And uh, I want to say Children of God. It's the one where there's only like one kid left in existence. Like all the kids died off and there are no more babies being born. It's very dystopian. And like the opening sequence, someone bombs a coffee shop and a woman walks out screaming and holding her arm while the guy's ears are ringing. It was very unexpected. The the instructor did not warn us of this while we're watching it in (laughs) class. And I'm like, a little heads up would have been great because I was like 18. I was like, I like movies, but I wasn't like sure about things just yet. But during that class was when I started to kind of make connections between storytelling and narrative elements that... I can kind of find within like a book or um, some older literature and stuff. So the two worlds for me met, um, but since then I have been ruined for at least spotting out symbolism and different narrative techniques and stuff, and and then as I got more into production, it's just gotten a lot worse, so much worse.
0: Honestly, you're probably going to recognize more things than I did in here, because sometimes, like, if I'm, like, really tired and I watch a movie, I'll miss the most basic narratives that you can interpret, and then, like, some of my friends on the podcast are going to be like, doesn't it clearly mean this? I'm like, yeah, uh, you're right, <laughs> but then other times, I'm like, oh, it could also mean this, or... 10 times out of 10, I completely think it's the wrong fucking thing the whole time. I'm like, no, (laughs) she killed everybody in the end. And that's why she's the murderer. And it's like, this is Finding Dory. What the fuck? (laughs) Like,
1: what movie are you watching?
0: (laughs) Oh, and speaking of movies, (laughs) this week, after like, what, a 15 minute introduction, we decided to watch the Mortuary Collection, which is available on Shudder. And I think free to watch on youtube illegally a quick little summary about the movie it's like a horror anthology movie where there's four different stories they're all kind of loosely tied together about a man that works in a mortuary house a very very rough looking man very rough looking man
1: yeah so there is a frame set up for an anthology of stories which might be another a good way to describe it and if someone doesn't bless your heart. If you don't know what an anthology is like, it's okay. If you don't know stuff, I try not to. To, like, make people feel weird about it. You're like,
0: um, actually, you idiots. Actually. (laughs) The comic um, book guy from Simpsons.
1: (laughs) But an anthology is, like, usually, at least from the ones I've watched, they exist within the same universe, but they're, like, segments and stories that can stand on their own, but they are kind of woven in together in some way. And there are a few things that I honestly wanted to go back and, like, watch again to, like, make sure that what I thought I saw was right. So don't come at me if I say something. Thing. And I'm like, no, that wasn't who you thought it was. Um, I just didn't have time because it's been a little batshit crazy on my end. But yeah, so it's it's an anthology. The frame set up is there's this creepy, really rough looking. He homie. looks gross. <laughs> So gross. Bless his heart. And it's it's just kind of rough looking. It starts off
0: with this very goosebumps kind of sounding music. And I was like, what am I watching? Because I, when I first heard of this movie, I saw like a quick trailer on YouTube. And I I quickly put my phone out of my vision because I didn't want to see what it was about because I was already a little bit interested. And then I just flipped it back to the end because it was an ad on YouTube. And I just flipped it back to see the title. Uh, It goes with this little kid. He's... He has a paper route, which, have you ever had a paper route before, like, as a job? No. It fucking sucks. (laughs) that was my first job ever, fucking sucks. My mom also used to have a paper route when she moved to the States first, and one time an ape just opened the door, grabbed the newspaper, and came back with money and just gave it to her, and she was just like, um... (laughs) Okay. Oh, is this what bitches do in America? <laughs> She's from Spain, so if that happened, like a couple years living here, I'd be like, "What the fuck?" Eventually, this kid with the paper out, he goes to this big, creepy old house, the mortuary house, and that's when we're first introduced to this very bad-looking man. I, I, I would, I don't think the actor looks that bad. He clearly has to have some makeup on because this man looks like his whole body needs lotion. Like he looks dry. <laughs> he looks red. <laughs>
1: Well, he has like bruising too. And I mean, like, I don't want to get too far ahead. And <gasps> he anything. looks like Mitch McConnell. <laughs> oh, n- yeah.
0: Well, his name is Montgomery Dark, but the girl in this film, Sam calls him, Sam, quotation marks, <laughs> calls him Monty. He has this little ceremony. It's this is right at the beginning. They have a ceremony, not a ceremony.
1: Memorial. A funeral. Memorial. <laughs> Woo, the <Yeah>. kid's dead. <laughs> God. Uh, <laughs> it's a uh, type the, of ceremony
0: so they have a funeral and they quickly cut to the next scene of everyone leaving and there's this girl who's hanging around like looking at the body um, and the body's inside of a tiny coffin because it's a kid and she's just staring at the coffin she tries to get in and I this was my first like what the fuck is she trying to do and she's like oh well I I, I don't know who this is I'm actually just here for a job so now he's just going. Do the basics of like just signing her up to work here. She notices all these books throughout the whole house, and he's like, "Oh, they're actually stories," and she's curious to or hear a couple stories. At
1: at this point in the film, um, because he's like giving her a tour, because like, "Oh, you want a job here? Okay, cool, weirdo." But at, but there's a little bit of humor, and and that's one thing I will say throughout the film is whenever there's been like these comedic kind of moments, like something funny, like it landed well at least for me, like yeah, it. It was, it was different in that you, it doesn't do a full campy style, like making fun of itself necessarily. But the, the funny moments were actually funny for me, at least everyone's got a different. I I feel like
0: it it was more like conversive. Like it seems like actual humor people would use.
1: It seemed realistic, at least some of the humor in it. But at, at this point in the story, he starts to hint about the thing about storytelling and everyone has a story and all this different stuff. So I was like, oh, okay. It's going to be one of these movies that's like really introspective about the art of storytelling, yeah. which I love. And I also love a good frame story setup and I love a good anthology. So it, it I wouldn't say it's necessarily like played out, but I'm like, if you're going to do it, like own it and do it. And mm-hmm. so the the first story he tells is kind of like a taste tester of, of sorts. Yeah, it,
0: it's the shortest one out of all it's of them. The sh-
1: it's the shortest one, but it, it takes place in one room, which is so fun to think about how they like shot that, right? Because there's yeah. maybe be like a couple of angles between uh, facing the door and then facing the opposite wall, which is the sink and the mirror. From what I remember, the woman is like one avoiding a dude. Like I, I don't have time for you. Yeah, sure, I'll meet you outside. Uh, whatever. This woman is in the bathroom and she she talks to one person through the door, and you can hear there's a party going on the other side. From what I've gathered, she like pickpocketed the, like the coat room or something like that. Yeah, she got like- all these wallets and shit yeah. and and going through it. And so it's like, okay, she's she's a petty thief, you know, hot stuff, whatever, stuffs in her bra. And then at some point, she she's like getting ready to leave the bathroom, but she notices there's a medicine cabinet. Oh, medicine cabinet. Drugs. Let me read that I, too. yeah. Let, let me take
0: more things. Yeah, it's really hard to open. And she's like, okay, let me pull out this little knife. And then she's like jamming it into, I'm like, If a medicine cabinet is so hard to open, maybe eh, it's going to be really noticeable if you broke into it. And she's like using her legs to open this thing any force. So eventually she does crack it open and the medicine cabinet closes. I didn't know what I was going to get into. When she did turn on the light to get into the bathroom, it was sticky. So I was like,
1: oh, yeah, that's right. There was like, there was like like mucus or something on yeah. i remember seeing that where she flicked on the light and she's like oh i got something on my finger there's like mucus or snot but then she like touches her hair and her oh, face like yeah. i like you don't see her wash or wipe her hand anywhere and honestly too i know it's like a post-covid world so we're more <laughs> hyper aware of these things but i was like at least wipe your her- fingers on your skirt or something cuz i swear yeah. to god she just like touches the light switch goes ooh and then like touches her fucking face she's like
0: oh hair gel like
1: and i'm like okay this is great and and that's the thing too where Okay, you're going to pry something open. It's kind of hard to open, but when it when you open something and then it closes itself, is not not is that not the moment you ask yourself <laughs> should I go forward? Because at first when she's trying to um, it seems like it's just jammed or locked. Yeah. It gets a little bit outrageous of like sticking your your high heel up on the sink or something to try and like leverage it. But yeah. then when it snaps itself shut, you go to pry it open again and you've got, I think she got like both legs up or something. Yeah, like full one body.
0: She does get the cabinet open and it's just a huge kind of like core line where it looks like a tunnel
1: oh yeah and and it's then like spooky
0: <laughs> yeah you see like a, a silhouette of like a creature's limbs and she freaks out she closes the mirror and she's screaming for help clearly no one's gonna help her because there's a party going on and i don't know about you i would have sprint for that motherfucking door i don't care
1: i think she started to walk towards the door and drop what was yeah, it, she, a watch she, or something? she dropped the
0: watch that she pit pocketed
1: ah the irony there and it just clattered and then it's it just like came straight out at her and yeah like
0: tentacle looking things but it's not an octopus because that's what monty says it wasn't an octopus but it grabs her and it has basically her face facing front of the mirror and it just snaps her body in half Mm -hmm. uh, like the opposite way and it just pulls her in pretty cool death but also hurt my back watching I was like yeah
1: but it's also like my my first thought is like if you're gonna get sucked into a deep dark hole by a tentacle monster would you not want the bone breaking to be an instant kill like that's that's kind of best case scenario at that point of snap your spine if anything maybe she doesn't feel anything anymore (laughs) and just get as dark as you can with it and then like it it snaps shut I think the lights flicker too you know oh no uh,
0: The, the thing comes out and it turns off the, it the turns switch, the, which yes. explains the little goo on the uh, light switch so that's a nice uh, little introduction like the first time watching this I was like okay this is kind of interesting I don't know where it's gonna go because I've watched anthology movies like XX, VHS, the ABC's of Death don't watch that terrible movie <laughs> VHS was kind of okay but I feel like this is one where it felt like it actually made sense where it connected everything like I feel like this ran smoothly throughout the whole movie like the timing was okay
1: the reason behind setting up the frame that's the thing if you're going to use a frame story there's got to be a really good reason for it it doesn't have to be an original reason but a good reason of oh i'm in a place there's books everywhere tell me a story old man and then you go about telling stories and then and then when we flash back to the the frame i think sam air quotes sam (laughs) makes a point of like ah that's kind of like whatever and 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 i would say most of the dialogue dancing around that is is kind of about like how story do do they already start talking about how stories or morals or lessons or yeah there's something
0: they do this whole like storytelling like well if you do bad bad will come back to you knock knock sam wink sam is sam is sus. i love how well that first story is shot Just like the framing of it was really good. That nice screechy little trash can she pulls out. And I love the color blocking, yellow dress. um, I think she had ginger hair too. Blue walls in the room, but also like yellow framing. People need a, I, I like what Suspiria did in the 70s which is colors and I wish people brought colors back into their films especially horror
1: yeah and that's something else I noticed I think throughout the film was the use of colors because even in in the mortuary house like it's it's kind of dark but there's there's color around and then as we kind of go into the different stories like even if you know in the real world thinking like that scene doesn't have color there was like color grading added into it to kind of make some of them much more vibrant and I appreciated that out of the film and it's something I kept noticing throughout but that scene in particular the first story is is really well done and that's like okay you want a taste of a of a of a story that has a lesson or has some sort of twist or whatever it's one room one character on screen you got very limited angles for things No, i i really appreciated that about it
0: but then they go around the house monty is showing sam more of the house and then sam like the psycho that she is she keeps trying to pry this coffin open and he's like you don't you don't need to see that what's in this coffin this is the darkest story ever so now you're wondering what's going on with this coffin what happened to that before we get into that we get into our next story about a frat dude frat bro preaching to some college freshmen about using condoms and how you are empowered by using condoms and carl marks something i don't even know what he's talking about it was very white straight man so he's just using this like as a pickup line they're just using condoms this whole frat house is using condoms to just pick up girls but then they don't even use the condoms well at least not this guy jake who Jake is his name, who's a piece of shit in my opinion. I would say from now on, each story is about the same time length where they get a bit longer. So just to go through this first part, because nothing really happens, but this weird girl comes up, her name's Sandra. Jake is like, oh, I just do this condom stuff to get laid. And she goes, oh, I'm here to get laid too. And he's like, huh? He invites her to the party and she's like, maybe I'll go. I don't know. And then she walks away and you see these flyers of all these missing guys. Ooh, what happened to all these missing guys? and then it cuts to him in his bedroom looking at a picture of when he was younger as a fat kid. He's very self-centered about his appearance. So now they have this party. Oh, is she gonna come? Yes, she does come. And then they had this really long drawn out scene of them like looking at each other for like across the room for like five minutes. And then they eventually meet up in the middle and kiss. Who is just like biting their lip across the the room. Like, "Mm, are you gonna come over here? (laughs)
1: <laughs> like if someone's staring at me that hard across the room like that, that's a fighting stare for me that's like I'm I'm looking at you like what 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 yeah. you gonna square like that my thing is as I've gotten older I've gotten more and more defensive <laughs> about things but also I watched this movie with my boyfriend because he he likes the spooks and and it was Sunday so he's like yeah that's what something spooky and so I'll tell you his reaction to, to the end of, of, of the, th- I was or the gonna, second yeah yeah we're watching the sequence of like, oh, she shows up and she shows up to the party without glasses. Pri- prior to this, Sandra <laughs> had glasses on. And so you, obviously movie logic, I love it. You take your glasses off suddenly. You're and pretty. A chick.
0: Yeah, you're, you're pretty. pretty.
1: And so they like stare at each other, like <laughs> eyes lock across the room, right? This long sled up thing. Actually at this point in the movie was when I noticed the music and, I, and I, I need to go back and look at the music that they used in the soundtrack and kind of scored it with. Cause I was like, I'm about this vibe. Like the music's kind of setting it up for me. I, I was really mm-hmm. about it. They meet, no words exchanged, which is my favorite. Of like, if we're gonna be ridiculous about two hot people hooking up, like let's be let's be as ridiculous as possible. Yeah. No words. Slow walk across the room, just make out, <laughs> walk up the stairs, and then an unreasonable for seven hours seven hours but before they do it for seven hours which I look at Logan my boyfriend I'm like honey you know like that's not thing. <laughs> which he's well aware but every time like I have to be that chick of like you know that's not like what happens right so these two hot people go upstairs and bang forever but before they like get down to the deed <laughs> they're just like you got protection like we're gonna use protection right like she does this whole fuck like she's earned it she's earned it you own it you do you do you boo and he's like Oh, well, actually, well, what happened was is I don't really (laughs) like condoms, even though I was passing them out earlier today. And he he commits probably one of like the worst sins anyone with a penis can do is I'm gonna put this condom on and then I'm going to flip you over and I'm going to take the condom off and not tell you.
0: Is that not rape? Like, I'm pretty sure that's rape.
1: It is so uh, FYI PSA for everyone listening. <laughs> so it, it's a it's a form of rape because like you consent to protected sex, but mm-hmm. what you don't consent to is unprotected. And so there there's something with legalities or whatever, but if someone does that to you that is rape. And if any point consent is withdrawn, even in the middle of stuff and they keep going, that is no longer consensual. That is rape. So he did the the stupidest thing, the stupidest thing, anyone with a penis. I'm not even saying like men, anyone with a penis. And and, this, and then, you know, they do all that. And then it. I appreciate the quick montage of different of, positions and the yeah. clock ticking by. So from like mid, what, midnight to 7 a.m. They're yeah, doing Just that. doing I'm different like,
0: things. One thing before they do that whole condom talk, when they start coming into the room and they're kissing and she's like, oh my God, did you hear about all those guys missing and being dead? Isn't that crazy, right? Are you scared like that I could be a murderer? <laughs> and he's like, uh, no, are, did are you a murderer? And she doesn't say yes or no. They just go into having sex. It's the next morning. She left her phone number on the mirror for him. And she left because she's like, well, the deed is done. He wakes up, he wipes the phone number off because he's like, I don't care. And then he throws up. He's he's having symptoms of throwing up. And then he has like a rash kind of going around near his groin that his frat brother notices. So then he goes to an STD clinic when it was called STDs and not STIs like it is now. And then we get our doctor who had a a nice little date with a girl that got snapped in half earlier. He's like, oh, something's wrong with this paper. Uh, LOL, that's dumb. I'm going to do some monitoring stuff. So I'm going to take your heartbeat. So he's taking his heartbeat. You can just hear, you know, some things going on. And then you can also just hear like a big like, like noise and the doctor freaks the fuck out. Cause he's like, uh, I'll be right back. Uh, don't worry, I'll be right back. And the doctor's not coming back. He doesn't come back. And Jake looks at the paper and he's like, what's wrong with this? Like, what was the issue? And it says that he was pregnant.
1: My first initial thought in that moment was like, okay, of course he's pregnant because this, this is a story that's gonna turn things on its head. But at the same time, I'm like, you don't just like run a test for that without like purposely running a test for that. Like even if yeah. it's a pee test. So I was like, okay, um, okay, okay. I'm going to look past that, that little uh, loophole. <laughs> that
0: little plot hole, yeah. Plot
1: hole, just that. Thank you for <laughs> I <was> like whatever <laughs> hole they're just sticking shit in and hoping it stick. Like of all the things, it's very small. I can forgive it. So my my favorite part about this is it like from this point forward, it does start to get a little, it, it starts to turn into that absurdity. The other thing I'll say too is even though Jake got what he deserved and was not a great dude there are likable moments about him and there's like likable qualities there's these moments of like okay i could not completely hate you and then he like wipes the the phone number and lipstick off the mirror and he does these little things where you're like oh man you are like close to being like okay and not complete shit and so from this point in the story it just gets absurd his abdomen's growing yeah he looks not even pregnant it's a tumor
0: (laughs) yeah it's not a tumor
1: (laughs) it's not a tumor and Uh, it's just uh the I think not long after this is is his bros being like oh
0: my god so uh uh, one of his frat brothers is like uh, I wrote down the number he's had sex with like 67 people which cannot be good if you're not using a condom. They're like suddenly doing this ceremony now. He gets in contact with Sandro and it's like, we need a meetup. Here's my, and she's like, here's my address. We can go meet up. So he gets the keys and he's leaving. He looks 20 months pregnant and he's going down these steps and they suddenly want to have this ceremony right now where They want to put him in a chair, heist him up so he can pin his name on this ceiling, basically with all these other names of like frat bros that have had sex with 67 girls. He is visibly like, I need to go, but they're like, no, this is tradition. So when they're hoisting him up, this is the most (laughs) disgusting part of this movie when they're hoisting him up and he tacks it on, he's like, yeah, I did it. And then he has this look on his face and groans. And then like, if it was a normal person breaking their water, maybe water would come out of said vagina. Um, But he doesn't have a vagina. And it's just, I'm assuming it's sperm. Just chunky sperm just exploding out on everybody.
1: Yeah, it's real gross. But it's so funny too. Like the moment is just like, it has this moment of just more like, oh my God, everyone got like drenched in this thing. And it's embarrassing. It was more funny than spooky. And it was great.
0: I was eating Alfredo pasta, so I was not feeling it. No,
1: you (laughs) weren't. Because because he's like, oh my gosh,
0: he's like, give me the keys, and it shows the guy holding his keys, and he's just covered in like chunky cum.
1: It it is it is really gross. gross. Homeboy's water has broke. Yes, if you if you have if you're a person with a vagina, typically when your water breaks, it's fluid, it's not water. Yeah. Um. But but it it's much more of a smoother exit (laughs) than that. It had to have hurt, which I'm also wondering if there was like other exits for that, for the amount of fluid, but it was also one of those, like, it was obviously more for the sake of the Being shot gross. and the gag. Yeah. And yeah. And so homie gets in his car, which is kind of a rad looking car. I got to say, cause it's a, it's a vintage something. He goes to Sandra's address. It's like some farm it looks like. So like yeah. right outside of town, whatever college town they're in. And I'm assuming her dad.
0: Yeah, Sandra. I'm assuming Sandra's dad and Sandra's mom. But her dad's outside and it's like, let me take you in. And her mom is pissed because Sandra got a spoiler alert. um, Sandra basically got Jake knocked up and just does this to a lot of guys, they're propping them up on the table and they have all these like... It's kind of like a gynecologist table, but like a wooden one. Like if you just turned your kitchen table into a gynecologist. Does. Oh, it's,
1: it's the whole rigmarole. and And for anyone who has a vagina and has been to the G- GYN and, and some on the fly will have the older chairs. And I have experienced one of the older <laughs> classic chairs that you're like, like, is this a saw trap? <laughs> it's, it's, it's the most like weird experience. Like it's fine. Cause it's clinical when you're actually in a, in a safe environment, but yeah. it's very it's it's one of the most disarming experiences of your life. But what I loved about this is it went from obviously something weirds going on, dude's like pregnant, okay, like haha, ha. it's like turning this story on its head. But then it's Sandra's mom is freaking out, like oh my God, I can't believe you did this again, trying to call her downstairs like a kid in trouble. They take them to the table and they pull out their stirrups, just FYI. <laughs> so they pull out stirrups that have been like mechanically built into the table and flip everything out. So it's it becomes a, almost like a, like a delivery theater in a way they're they're just sitting there holding hands when then like kind of talking like being sympathetic he's in yeah. pain jake's in pain <laughs> and he is deteriorating like by the moment his, yeah. he's looking like he's dying like so sunken in skin his skin's changing his colors. veins
0: are like popping out on his stomach
1: yeah and he it's kind of like that moment in um breaking dawn when twilight uh, oh my god bella i don't know where (laughs) twilight came from i'm mixing twilight and bella together but like she's close to giving birth but she looks like like a corpse because it's just sucking all the life out of her yeah a little renegade baby whatever there's a whole (laughs) meme trend of not the robot ugly baby. baby Oh which is haunted the doll they wanted to use before <laughs> was, is traffic. now haunted yeah it's haunted that's why they didn't use it anymore but like it's kind of that that moment where it's like oh this thing is sucking the life out of you and he's pleading to Sandra of i was fat when i was a kid and no one liked me but then i got hot and i just want people to like me and that's why i turned into a total douchebag yeah and and, I, and i'm pregnant
0: yeah, and I'm she, pregnant.
1: You did this to me.
0: And now I'm ugly. And I was just like, okay. And and they also are like, I thought you used a condom. And he's like, I didn't. So they're like, okay, well, fuck this dude. Meanwhile, of him like freaking out. He's like, don't go. She's like on the phone with another guy. Like, hey, my plans are actually open. Let's hang out. <laughs> so she's like totally blowing him off. And then he starts to like give birth. And you actually see the, his penis like in. Inflame like red like something's coming out and then it just bl- explodes and blood splatter they just take this baby out of his corpse because he's just kind of exploded you see his like whole body just really busted wide open it's really graphic like just seeing that dick explode I was like oh I know that you but know they,
1: they did it in a way that I think like if they were going to do it the best way possible is it waits until like the last second, and it's a real quick cut to a penis. What you, what it was a penis and is no longer a penis exploding. R. So R. you P. just <laughs> get just enough of that image to like, ooh, and then it just boom pops because right before that he's like, how is this thing gonna come out? And they're like, mm, same the way. The same way it in. came in. <laughs> Biology, I guess. Yeah, in sp- spooky, weird baby monsters, and the the mom takes it upstairs like sandra's mom takes it up it echoes that that moment kind of towards the end of the first story there's a crib she she has this you don't actually see it whatever the hell came out of his penis (laughs) sentence i never thought i'd say (laughs) in my life and it's but it's bundled up it's swaddled up and she lays it in a crib and as she backs away trying to be really quiet the camera pulls out and you see multiple, cri- like multiple cribs in this room in the attic. Floor creaked or she dropped something. Yeah, she steps so, on like
0: something squeaky and then it notified like all the babies and they start crying and she just runs out of the room. And then the last shot you've seen is like a baby's arm and it's like a claw. So it's like, ooh, monster, spooky, end story.
1: Spooky, end story. And then Sam. <laughs> Back to the frame. <laughs> not,
0: yeah, not, not Sam. It's like,
1: yeah, that one's actually uh, pretty good.
0: <laughs> good job. It's uh, not too believable, but he got what he was coming. I like that one. And then Monty is just like, uh, okay. Like, again, you're very weird. They're doing more tours of the house. They go into this like room, it's like a like a metal slab where they get the bodies and they just work on the body. So they're presentable for a funeral. On this slab, it's just this woman who looks pretty and but she has bed sores and they go right into the next story I'm like there's nothing really noticeably that happens in between the stories besides Sam being weird and trying to get into a coffin and then Monty being like don't do that what (laughs) (laughs)
1: like why why are you obsessed why are you obsessed with this coffin like you're here for a job right (laughs) it's really great for these two weirdos to be commenting on how weird the other one is and on the surface with Sam she just at first seems like not your standard girl who's probably just into weird shit but is kind of pretty and is like kind of clean cut or whatever and yeah. s- but then it's like it comes across at first like oh she's got spunk she's got moxie and she's just egging on this creepy old man for more stories and spooks it, yeah. and stuff yeah for for the hell of it and maybe she's fucking with him or also I'm just now realizing I'm sure it's fine but you can correct me if I'm wrong. I never asked beforehand. Uh, yes, you can. The cursing. Okay. Thank you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know you're going to say that when you said, what the hell? And I was like, yes, you can curse. <laughs> we go into the next story, which is probably honestly the saddest story of them all. And it's just this guy. What's his name? Wendell. Really, his wife, Carol, now is is the correct word a vegetable Is it correct to comb?
1: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's about where, where she was at when, when we're talking in the context of like a story and not an actual person, I think we're okay. That's where I give myself some leeway of like, this is for the sake of picking apart a fictional story. Yeah. You know, we, we, we are, we are allies of all, but God damn it. I'm going to pick apart a fictional story. So help me. (laughs) Yeah.
0: She's bedridden. Basically. She can't, she can't Uh, move.
1: Nonverbal comatose like not comatose. she's conscious but she's non-responsive doesn't communicate doesn't show any signs of anything we and i don't think we learned what had happened to her no we don't necessarily so it could have been anything and it seems to be like just one of those mysterious tragic things that happens to a young couple in love and and all that i think this of of them all was my favorite and if you're going to watch this movie please do because it's worth it for this and one particular scene that happens because it's so well done. I just loved it. This is when I started to notice the thing about the doctor Yeah, in this story because it took me a minute to pick up on it and I feel kind of bad about that.
0: It's just basically him taking care of his ill wife and then there's a cut to him getting groceries and he's going inside their house which are their apartment complex it's a very tall building and they use a very old elevator and he's calling for the elevator and this old lady is just going like hey I go on cruises they're amazing you should go on cruises too I wasn't able to go on cruises when I had my husband but he's dead now and I can go on cruises so Wendell is like okay noted I'm going to keep that in the back of my thoughts in case something happens.
1: I think it's time for us to take an ad break here because somebody's got to keep the lights on if we're going to stay on the line.
0: Yeah, and I'm thirsty, so I need to go get a drink. Yeah.
1: So. Hey, hey, Tara, babe, yeah. do you want to, do you want to welcome us back from the ad break?
0: I mean, like I have nothing else to do, so I guess I can do that. Like, oh, uh, like I'm so quirky.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> and we're talking about the mortuary collection. He's going down this elevator and she gets in. She's like, are you coming up? And he's like, no, I actually don't like elevators. I was like, then why were you ringing the elevator to go up? Because he lives on like the 12th floor, I think. And he walks his yeah. way
1: eventually.
0: and I was like, why are you calling the elevator if you don't like elevators?
1: Yeah, it's one of it's one of those things where maybe he's like, I'll use it if I have to type of thing. Yeah, I think he just is kind of picky with the elevator. It's just a moment, I think, to to also set up like just this funny old lady in the house and kind of plant the idea of like, if you had the freedom from the from a burden, you know, what could you do with your life? Because it is kind of sad. The guy, you know, is, is caring for his his wife. There is a word for it. And I am totally spacing for it. And I'm gonna try not to use vegetable because now I'm overthinking it and I feel bad. <laughs> now I am. I'm like I don't know. If you can- so he. you <laughs> say like, ill like,
0: life, ill bedridden. Ill,
1: ill bedridden. It's it's sad, and she's not having any sort of a life either. And and they kind of it. I, and this is what I really liked about the story because there's really like relatable human, sad, tragic thing that happens to a young couple in love type of stuff. So the apartment's kind of cluttered.
0: He's making all these like nice, like decorated dinners of like steak. And then he's like setting it up on a plate and then just pours it into a blender and blends it up. He makes sushi and then blends it up. And he's just doing this montage of um, feeding her what looks like baby food. He's clearly... Very upset by this life, you know it's very tragic. And that's when the doctor comes by, and Wendell's just looking at his bills, and he's like, "Oh, great bills! Like I can't do anything, like I can't go anywhere. My whole life is just this." And then the doctor's like, "Well, if you give her these two medicines, like these two pills, it'll help out with things. But if she takes more than the recommended dose, she could die." And he goes, "Yeah." Oh, whatever. And then the doctor is like, do you understand what I'm saying to you? If she takes more than these, she will die. (laughs) So they they both recognize, like, if you can kill your wife, here's what you need to kill your wife with
1: in a merciful way too you know it it wasn't a because that's the thing with like the old lady in the hallway of like oh if my husband is dead like if this was any other story they'd set it up of oh now he has an idea that i'm gonna kill my wife and go live the rest of my life to the fullest but no like it it doesn't do that if anything it's like he he loves and cares for his wife but he's in a really shitty situation and and that's what i really liked about it is because like you could see where in another story or someone else was telling the story like where it would go and where kind of like my expectations would go watching something like that but it it doesn't do that it's like kind of being merciful and it's it's hard because bills are a burden and she's not living a life he's not living a life trying to take care of her it's a really sad it's really sad more than spooky thing usually
0: he feeds her in her bed but now he's got her propped up like with a belt to hold her and the chair at the dinner table they're having dinner and he gives her this this hair like kind of like a rabbit like a hair figurine which is like made out of metal or bronze I I don't remember the correct detail of the figure okay (laughs) and he's like because you love these all the time and then she's Clearly has no reaction. He's like, can you give me a sign that you're still there? And he gets pretty frustrated. And that's when he starts breaking up the pills and putting it into her her baby food soup. The, also, the, the pills are supposed to be like, when she takes them, she'll die in her sleep. It won't be anything is, like any big issue. So after he feeds this to her, her hand starts to move a little bit. And he's like, Carol, and then she grips his arm and he starts doing the Heimlich remover and like just to get all the soup out and that happens he sits her up the belt is off of her that keeps her from sitting up and then she falls forward on the table and you think oh my god was this the scene that you were talking about
1: no this is not my favorite scene but okay this i, I do enjoy this but it's oh it just sets up just moment after moment
0: so she falls forward on the on the table and you think oh poor girl just like I didn't expect this coming up did you
1: no and and it's one of those moments where you're just like oh oh shit so bless her heart because he undid the belt she falls face forward onto.
0: onto the fucking hair that he gifted her so when you don't notice like he goes oh Carol picks her head up and she has the hair figuring lodged into her fucking head and he goes oh my god and Let's go over it. And she falls even harder onto it, just lodging it deeper into her fucking skull. And now it's just blood going everywhere. Out loud, when I first watched this movie, I said, oh my God. Like, I was just so... Like, I didn't expect that to come. That was like, that was really good. Like just that whole, for me, I really liked it because I wasn't expecting it to happen. I didn't know where the story was going. And just like him being like, oh, picking up her head and just is dead.
1: Yeah, it's it's the disappearing straw trick from from <laughs> what, The Dark Knight Rises or something.
0: Yeah, where yeah. Like, bang. Yeah. <laughs>
1: oh I'm a terrible person I'm going to hell for all this but it's one of those it's it's this weird like moment of shock and oh my god what a terrible like accident of events and but it's also so funny too like if you detach yourself from like a moment of like how sad it is it's there's this comedic weird effect and that's the thing with tragedy and comedy right like they're very closely related because she just slams her head on the table. And at first it is kind of like a, oh, <laughs> Ooh, kind of dark. And then it's, oh, she has something in her face. And then her head slams again on the table. And it's just this, oh. this poor guy yeah. is like, I tried to, to mercifully kill my wife. And then and now, she's not really dead. And then yeah. now she's really dead. and then And then he calls the doctor. Yes. And this guy, he knows what's up. He was like, he, Cause he's like, I think like he explains what ha- the husband explains what happens. And the doctor is just like, uh, 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 get rid of the body. Don't ever yeah, call me again. Yeah. yeah.
0: He's like, like uh, put the body in uh, the ocean, feed it to the sharks. Don't ever call this number again.
1: He knows what's up. This the yeah. doc is kind of cool. Weirdly enough with all the things he's involved in. So I don't really actually fault him so much for that. What I would say, I say this every time. I don't care what movie, what story, what's up something bad happens, call the police, call the police. Mm -hmm call the police call the police call the police call somebody don't try and take care of it yourself don't try and get rid of a body don't try oh and cover gosh. stuff up
0: oh my gosh call the police. it's like a domino effect this whole yeah. story because after that he is like well i'm gonna dispose of the body so she, he's trying to put her in this trunk i, I not like, like a car a Harry trunk. potter
1: going to hogwarts has everything he owns in this suitcase it's a trunk you you know what, what we'll be talking yeah
0: about. Yeah. A, yeah a trunk like that and he can't get the legs in there is there's just no room to put the legs in how it is right now so then he sees the turkey carver and he goes to like cut her leg and then i can't tell if this was a vision of his but carol screams and grabs his arm and then he takes the the hair out of her head because it was still in her head and then eventually she stops screaming and like falls back so i don't know if she was still alive or maybe he was freaking out and like hallucinating that but then so he goes. So you think
1: it, it might not have been real? Because I thought my you think first it's thought real? was. My first thought was, "Oh my God, she won't die." That was she, my first thought.
0: <laughs> I, I maybe she was still alive. I only thought that because of later in the in the yeah. elevator scene. But if she was still alive, oh my God! Um, but he takes that out. She eventually goes down again, and then he just goes to town to cutting her up, puts her in this trunk, and then now he's on his way. To the elevator, his favorite place to be in the elevator, and he's going there. And this guy's like, "Hey, buddy, can you can you hold the elevator for me?" And he he's like, he's slamming that button to close the elevator so no one else is in this elevator with him with a dead body. The elevator like closes on this man's hand, and uh, Wendell is just like gives no fucks. He's like, "I need to get out of here," and of course, with his luck, the elevator gets stuck. And he's stuck mm. in the elevator with this dead body. He prized it open and he's talking to that old lady from earlier. He's like, can you help me out? And she's like, yeah, let me call the police. And he's like, no, don't call the police. Don't do that. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to do it anyways. So she goes mm. to call the police. He's in the elevator. And now he had like his arm on the elevator door and he takes it away. And then there's a blood print and he looks On the floor, and there's just blood everywhere from the trunk. It's just like, oh my god, this dude has the worst luck ever because, like, anything worse that could happen keeps happening to him. And then we get this whole crazy scene. Do you want to explain like what happens next?
1: This one I'm about to describe is probably my favorite part. So, one, I don't like, I mean, I'll get in an elevator, but I also don't fucks with the doors. They go to shut, I'm not sticking the limb out. And the modern ones do have a sensor, but I don't play around with that. I also more than that hate the idea of elevators stuck between floors because it's not just a final destination thing. They did oh that I think in Grey's Anatomy or something. It was either Grey's Anatomy it had to have been. It had to have been. So, cuz that's what would happen on that show. Thanks John yeah. <laughs> DeRimes for for just the emotional roller coaster I've I've been on with that with that show. But the the doors do shut and it starts to just like descend and it goes through all the floors and then it keeps going down 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 like it's endlessly dropping and as it's dropping the the lights are flickering the just an obscene amount of blood has pulled on the floor and it starts to just have this like moment of the the trunk slowly opens up this grotesque version of his wife's corpse starts like coming out of it. The lights are flickering. And because it's descending in this moment,
0: everyone's like the anti-gravity. Yeah, they everyone start
1: to float. to float. The blood's and floating in the air. Yeah. And it's it's honestly this really almost like weirdly beautiful moment because she's coming out of the trunk. And There's- she looks like a
0: demon. Like she it does not look like her body anymore. It looks like no,
1: it is a different entity at that point like it is sunken in oversized eyes i think all this stuff, and they're like spinning midair. It's slow motion, and basically this like monster version of his wife. Oh, we missed a part. We totally missed a part because this is important. I feel like before the elevator descends, he takes his ring off, throws it, which you don't do. You don't do not even until death do you part. Thank you very much. Yeah, but that's just me.
0: And you can and you can hear her like um like moaning in the in the trunk too. Before they start dropping it's it's really good
1: which I'm like is she dead is she really dead up until that point so they're spinning in midair I'm getting back to my description (laughs) yeah it's descending anti-gravity they're spinning in midair slow motion and this like it looks like a really gross Tim Tim Burton-esque version of it it really does yeah which I actually really liked because um, it becomes cartoonish, but not in a too cheesy of a way. It's You're supposed to have the suspense of disbelief at this point, if you haven't already. She <laughs> slides the wedding ring back on his his finger, his hand, and then pulls him in for this kiss. And it's all in slow motion. The lights are kind of flashing and there's just like droplets of blood around. The- it's it's weirdly beautiful and awesome and just terrifying. They embrace like, I, this I, kiss.
0: Yeah, and then yeah. it like, go, it goes to black. And then it, it opens mm-hmm. up to the police arriving to the elevator. And I don't think the trunk was bleeding at all. Like, I don't think there was any blood anywhere. And he's just talking to himself, like, till death do us part. He was saying something like, in sickness he, and in he health, was, till death to us repeating, part. Yeah.
1: He was uh, repeating his wedding vows over and over and over again. Because he he's gone completely mad, and he was reciting his wedding vows over and over and over again, and the oh, trunk is intact. And,
0: and he was holding time. something. Do you? I don't know what he was holding. though? it was like a the book,
1: photo album.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: because that I was like, where did that come from? But whatever. Um, he he could have brought it down because at and that's at and that's to your credit of at what point was there some sort of psychological. Break or a fantasy kind of woven in because, like, he didn't have that obviously with him when he got on the elevator at first, but suddenly he has it. Or is it that she brought it there, you know, or was it in the trunk or all these other things? Yeah, was it um, supernatural
0: or was he actually just a false narrative? Did he, did this coincidentally happen or did he actually kill her? I don't, we don't know because he, he now he's in an institution, an asylum, and that's basically the end of the story. Is that he's in an asylum, and Sam and the movie's
1: not over yet. <laughs> yeah,
0: the movie is not over yet. Even though we've been talking for like an hour and a
1: half, <laughs> uh, this we're talking longer than the movie because there's just so many details. But like, it, it's a it's a fun ride for sure. Yeah,
0: it goes back to the regular story of Ma- uh, Monty and Sam. They dropped some hints about the asylum, and Sam's like, anybody would have done what Wendell would have done in his position. And I was like, okay. Sam's being weird again they descend the coffin that was in this room to the bottom basement like it's where they used to keep bodies back in the day because it was cold and they didn't naturally have freezers they take this coffin to the heart of the house which is this uh, like crematory thing and they're about to put the coffin in there and Sam stops Monty and it was like I lied I'm not here for a job I'm actually here to tell you why I'm here and I know the little kid, Logan, the little kid who was in the. Not conflict. my boyfriend. Yeah, not your boyfriend. She's like, I'm actually, I'm going to tell you this story because it's all my fault. And she's like, kind of crying. So you're like, what the fuck happened? Like, I don't understand. So it cuts to. next story the last story which was personally my favorite because i was like oh that's kind of different then we'll get into it but it's different from the usual slasher kind of movie so i like that it's like a movie within a movie because uh she's watching this 70s slasher on tv uh, a faux halloween of this uh girl who's a babysitter and there's jump scares, and there's a man with a mask. Sam, quotation marks, is watching this movie. She's going throughout the house. She's clicking on the, what is it called? Oh my God, we don't have them anymore.
1: Was it the, the answering machine?
0: Answering machine. The I was answering like, machine. Yeah, she clicks on the answering machine and it's like, hey Sam, make sure that Logan goes to bed and he hides in these places. So if you don't find him in bed, make sure you find him there. And she goes and she checks on him. And then after she checks on him, she starts to cook dinner because she's a very hungry person. And then intercut we hear on a broadcast that there's been an asylum breakout and someone's broken out of the asylum and it's uh, we don't know if anyone's fled anywhere. Sam goes to take out the trash and we as an audience know that the window is broken into the house. She does not notice that. We see her like doing things and we see in the background briefly, real briefly, someone sitting in front of the television watching the TV. And I was like, "Ooh, that's kind of spooky. I like that.
1: Yeah, it was just a a moment of all of a sudden there's someone else there. Because she went through a whole like cooking montage. Oh, like, yeah. And, like and the song was like. Corner. The yeah. song she
0: was listening to was like, I'm going to eat. It's going to be something good. Like. That.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and again, the music that they chose in this movie was phenomenal. It, 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 that in itself was a treat. And so, yeah, there's suddenly this other person in the house, you know, and it does all the foreshadowing of like news break. There's a, an escape. And I think I think at some point, maybe even when the guy is sitting on the couch, because this this man is drenched. I think because I, was it raining outside? That it was like,
0: it was raining. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it was raining. He's wet. So he came in from the outside and he has a head wound and, and he seems very confused. Bless his heart. Very I say that.
0: confused.
1: Very confused. And, and on the, uh, like news break, there's, you know, a police officer outside of this asylum saying the things. And was it or was it not was it Wendell? Wendell? It it looks was, like I swear Wendell. to God, it was Wendell. Because the guy, because I was looking, I'm like, I swear to God, that's Wendell. Because he's wearing, It's the. I swear it's the same actor at at minimum. Yeah. Because even in an anthology, it's either the same universe or they will u- reuse actors for different characters. So he's dressed in um, a police uniform next to the cop who's talking to the news. And so the guy that I, it's, I'm pretty sure it's it Wendell. Because all like he Wendell. does- is just smile and nod and he's like yeah yeah." "Uh uh and that's basically
0: wendell's character too
1: and especially if he went crazy and wasn't a man of many words and so what what happens next is is kind of what you you think as the viewer to expect is the babysitter defending the house and being attacked by this person and honestly the whole sequence of that fight and defense and everything going on is worth honest really worth a watch because it was really well done
0: it's really Um, well done so like they meet and she notices him and then she's going to the kitchen to i think she was going to she was grabbing a weapon and then she turns around and he's there she drops the weapon which she grabs a butcher knife first and i was like that's kind of a weird thing to first grab like you would just grab a regular knife not a Butcher knife. He's in there. He's being really confused and she's trying to be like, oh, let me help you. And then the phone starts to ring. She jams like to instead, like to get the phone, she just jams his hands into a a meat meat grinder grinder. and starts grinding his like his fingers.
1: I had to look away. That was the moment. That for me was the grossest moment because I had to look away. And most of the time I think I can handle gore pretty well but i that was one of those moments where i was like i could feel it if i look at it and i know that's why yeah. they're doing this bit Ugh. and he also re like i hate saying it this way i don't oh, know how he, to say he like Rewinds he, he re, he it,
0: yeah
1: to pull his fingers out which are weirdly still attached
0: yeah but they are like a little bit mingled and i, I mingled. did write down so when the phone rings it cuts to like it goes to voicemail and it's the parents like freaking out like answer the phone, like, mm-hmm. so what a a, a murderer who butch- who butchers kids has broken on out the of loose. the- Yeah, it's on the loose. And then that's when they have that realization and then she shoves his fingers in there and then she grabs a mallet and just fucking hits him upside the head. That's when the, we start this whole big scene. He fucking kicks the shit out of her. He gets on her his back at one point and just chews a piece of his ear off. He does a Did you uh,
1: notice when- On the picture when, frame? Yeah, that's, I was like, that, that. So- this I is di- the I point. Didn-
0: I didn't see what happened on, like was on the picture frame. I just know the ear flipped to the ear fell on it. And I was like, wait, there was something that I probably should have saw.
1: I'm pretty sure, and I could be wrong. And I'm going to admit that there's a possibility I'm wrong. So no one at me about this, but <laughs> she, she bites it. Was it her, Sam, the, or the chick. <laughs> at her this point, Charlotte. we can't keep anything. It, it,
0: it's, yeah. it's Charlotte, it's Sam has been lying this whole time. Their real name is Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Uh, and spoiler for the next 10 minutes the man inside the house is actually sam the babysitter
1: so when the ear piece of the ear cartilage lands on the picture frame i was pretty sure that that was the real sam and the kid logan in oh the picture. okay that's what i thought that was as as that is a little hint of what's really going on because if you catch on even if you don't and watch it back like if you never figured it out until it was the big reveal if you listen to the interaction and the dialogue it becomes very obvious in the Mm. sense of there's not a tell one way or another and it's crafted in that way so that when there is a big twist you're like oh but there are clues there's always going to be clues laid about it and also too if you think about it when we go back to the second story with Jake and Sandra typically it's just douchebag takes advantage of a woman. She gets knocked up and it's a sad story or whatever, terrible yeah. cautionary tale, but it flips it on its head. And and this final story, the actual frame set up for it does the same thing. And the fight sequence was great. Oh, yeah. poor, oh, because there's a lot that does happen. But I think I think to summarize it a little bit, because it is worth watching that fight scene and the elevator, that whole story is they're trying to find the kid because he's like what where's the boy where's the boy where's the boy which sounds very sinister but he's trying to protect the yeah (laughs) bless any any well like masculine voices when you raise your voice or do a grumble it it is very intimidating it's scary (laughs) it's scary It'll make, it'll make me cry because I'm like, Oh, you know, like, don't, don't raise your voice anymore. Yeah. But, um, he, so he, they're trying to figure out where the kid is. Cause yeah, I he, don't think we've he, actually seen him at all.
0: Yeah. He, uh, well, just in the beginning when she goes to check on him,
1: he and, was in the bed and yeah. then she's like, I'm going to make dinner. Yeah, not that and done.
0: <laughs> he flips her forward on the table and she gets knocked out. And he's upstairs, and you could hear him like looking for the kid. It's this cool scene where it's intercutting with the movie on the TV, and both mm-hmm. her and the character in the movie sit up at the same time and it's framed pretty well. I'm using my fingers to s- simulate that <laughs>
1: for, for but, an audio based. <laughs> yes, um,
0: they both sit up at the same time, and I really like how the movie that is on. The screen at the house is kind of intercutting with the fight scene going on in the house, giving up pretty much a false narrative. Like, is it going to be the same way or not? So then they have this... She goes upstairs. They have this cool scene, this fight scene with the power's off and it's just lightning from outside. They're fucking each other up pretty equally. He's fucking her up. She's fucking him up. They look really bad. They're bleeding a lot. Eventually, she's like crawling out of the bedroom. She eventually gets the up on him because this is right when the parents pull up into the driveway so both of them are still alive and the parents are trying to get into the house and she pushes him off because they're upstairs she pushes him off the like banister and he like lands like right on his freaking neck and he's like tumbling down the stairs and this is probably the most like if you watch scream and you wanted to know what happened to Stu when he got this his face crushed by the tv you're gonna get a pov of the tv so yes so charlotte before she gives any last words because it's intercutting that the the evil guy will get up in the end on the tv screen and then he opens his eyes and she goes you ruined my dinner and throws the tv on him and it's just a pov like of a camera going in on his face and just like exploding like a pumpkin like super graphic like his face just caved
1: in it smushes it smushes and i I like that and actually as we're talking about it again because one at this point it's still not fully let on and revealed that the man was actually sam and the babysitter i now that i'm thinking about it again because there is that parallel of of and I think this is what the movie was trying to do is set an expectation, but then subvert it. Yeah. Sometimes meeting that expectation, but then subverting it again and again and again. And so when you have the parallel on the TV of this is the stories you're fed, you're expecting certain things to happen. You're expecting the good guy to come out on top and into evil to be crushed or to get their their due justice or whatever. But to literally take the TV, to take the the stories we've been fed and smush it in his face and the pov is inside the like you're suddenly as if you were the projector in the tv and you're looking behind the glass and you see the front like as if i am the story crushing his face like oh my god literally gonna blow your mind
0: Oh my gosh, that was a smart thing that you just came because like this is <laughs> everything that you would see in a movie like was on the display just t- twisted it and just gave you mm-hmm. something else. Oh my god, you're so smart and creative like that. Wow. Um, I, so, I've
1: been I've been doing this for a while where I'm like, ooh, these things. Uh but but yeah, it's, but it's not really revealed. The big twist isn't well, I said. The, it's the, the big parents twist.
0: come in. The parents come in. The parents in,
1: come in and, and they're and like, it's, Who it's is the that? Doctor.
0: Yeah, it's the doctor and his his wife wife. who were at the wedding earlier, but we didn't recognize them because like, how would we know who they are? Because none of the stories were told. They're like, oh my God, who is that? And they lift up the TV and just see his concaved face and they go, oh my God, it's Sam, the babysitter. So now you're like, oh my God, Sam is not a real person. And I think you see on the TV, it's like, yeah, the person who escaped was actually Charlotte, something, something otherwise known as the tooth fairy who- Mm -hmm likes to take her victim's teeth like and oh, is a okay. cannibal
1: yeah, all the, it's a like cannibal. they're telling all the things yeah like, that
0: dinner that she was having the whole time after she went up and saw logan was actually logan the whole time she had cooked his body and she wasn't able to eat him but the parents are like what's that what's what's burning in the oven and they open it and it's this nice shot from inside the oven kind of like um in class when you did that.
1: um, Oh, the shot in the dryer, which was so spooky. That noise I recorded was just from the audio from, I don't remember if I did it on my iPhone or no, I must've did my real camera. That's just the noise, the silence of metal in my dryer. So for for context, for everyone listening who was not in class with us, (laughs) um, for one of our projects, we just had to like shoot some short clips and I was like, I'm going to be a weirdo because I am. And I stuck my camera in my dryer and I had some clothes in there. I, it took several tries so I wouldn't pull something out and knock my camera over. Yeah. So I had to balance it in the dryer. I cut it to where it's dark. I open it and you're looking out from inside from inside the dryer. I'm also using hands to illustrate <laughs> for audio. But you're. it's like if you were in the dryer looking out at me from like the waist down essentially. Yeah. Um. But what's really weird about what I, what I got out of that footage is I didn't add any audio to it. I didn't change the audio, but it's this quiet, almost hollow ringing, but it's metal and cold. And mm-hmm. you hear some noises. Like actually I can point out in the clip where you can hear me hit my, um. Record. what is it? My remote? Yeah, no, I ha- I use my remote, phone yeah. because I don't have a remote for, my lumix i have a remote that will work with my phone so i actually used my phone to record that but it came out with this really spooky sound so yeah it's it's that shot where you're inside and it's very very similar to the tarantino from the trunk looking up at uma you know thurman. pulp fiction yeah yeah yeah, yeah. All oh. the, all, yeah whatever it is
0: <laughs> i was like he's he's done a film where uma thurman is involved so
1: <laughs> yeah m- many times over so yeah it's it's that and used in different ways so basically you see the parents open the oven from inside the oven. You don't really get like a full visual of like the charred kid, but there's some charred bits in there. For yeah, you sure. see like
0: a rib cage, like a, clearly a kid's tiny rib cage. So
1: yeah, enough where you can pick up of, oh my God, they realize their child has been cooked. And then I th- And then I think it cuts back to the original frame. And then there's still a whole other mini arc of things going on.
0: Yeah, to close out the whole like movie she's like i need to get this tooth so the whole time she's getting in this coffin just to get the tooth of this kid she's like you're not gonna tell anybody right and he's like no that was probably my good impression of him then she stabs him and then leaving like she's fleeing away and then he starts to laugh and he pulls his hands away from his stomach and it's just this like green sticky goo so clearly monty is not of natural descent there's something uh, supernatural going on with him So Charlotte, AKA Sam is trying to leave the house now and she can't, it's like American horror story, the first season murder house, where if you die, Mm -hmm. you can't leave the house, but she's not dead at this point, she's trying to leave. He's catching up to her. She can't leave. They meet up in a library and she they, of course they had to get one more joke in it. She goes, what is this? And he goes, he looks like left to right. He's like, this is a library. (laughs) i was like of course they had to just throw that in there he does this whole monologue like every story um no evil deed goes unpunished and he knocks all he uses his cane like touching the ground and knocks all these bookshelves off and he's like these are all your stories basically all the kids she killed and it's a little not the best cgi but all these like gross zombie kids come out of the books they come at her swarm her and tear her puppet like
1: yeah. yeah, it's that very was a, puppet-like. <laughs> that
0: was probably my least favorite thing about the movie. It was just those kids. They looked a little too too puppet. They looked like the little tiki heads from uh, the Scooby Doo movie, the live action.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that whole sequence. I think that's that's the the thing about trying to do trying to wrap everything up with a pretty bow. Yeah. And the sense of like, I think, I think over, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up the, what happens to, to Charlotte, but I, I think that's the thing. It's like, you try to push the envelope in some way without just, you know, not having a point or purpose behind it. But at the same time, it's like you can't always wrap everything up with a pretty bow. And so there's there's pieces of it in the storytelling that they're setting expectations and they meet it. But at the same time, it's like I think the ending, it was just kind of like, if anything, I would like it more if I knew there was going to be more of them. Because what happens is these puppet little charred children it's really kind of funny it's supposed to be scary and it's not bless their hearts they just start biting her and attacking her yeah and they basically kill her that's yeah They tear. You know, her that's her not apart. it they tear her apart just chomp her chomp her to bits and then monty who actually i think it's embalming fluid that comes out of him because he sews oh. charlotte back up and fills her with embalming fluid And he tries to leave the house, which he can step through the threshold now. Prior, he could not, because now Charlotte couldn't leave because she kept trying to go out the door and she ended up back in the hallway. So there's some sort of curse of you can't leave and you end up back where you are. But now he has a replacement, which is Charlotte. He's sewed her back up, pumped her full of embalming fluid. And as he goes to leave the house for the first time, and God knows how long, because my my goodness, he's old as hell and looked like a corpse the whole time because he was yeah. full of embalming fluid. He makes it outside and then bursts in, into dust. He yeah. Thanos snapped his fingers and yeah. took that man <laughs> off the face of the planet. And then Charlotte wakes up and she's like,
0: "Now she's oh in charge God. of the the mortuary. Now she's place. in charge
1: because that's basically that's-
0: a monologue that he goes on. He's like, if someone evil comes in here, he was like, I was just like you." I came into this house and now I'm just stuck in this house. It's basically. Yeah.
1: And, and it sets it up where she is now, now the mortician, I guess, at, at the house. And what, see, this is what it does with time. Cause here, and this is maybe where we can go into time and guess what? You're just going to have the longest episode of your podcast. I was going to say we're almost at two hours. (laughs) (laughs) But at, at this point at the very tail end of it is she's telling a story To the little boy we see at the very beginning of the film, but Charlotte is now like in Victorian clothes because I guess that's her costume now because she's a cranky old bitch about it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, she has like a little weird costume going on.
1: Yeah, and so I guess the kids like interviewing her same boy from the very beginning. Charlotte definitely looks like older, but it's probably because she's dead and full of embalming fluid. And she makes a whole thing about like, aren't you going to stay for dinner or whatever? Cause she's going to eat the kid because she's still a fucking cannibal and takes teeth. But, and, and then it, and she closes the book and then it ends. And it does kind of set it up where like they could do more stories like that, like more films in that universe and that lore to make more points. But this is a thing that maybe I do need to watch it again just for the sake of like, is the retro and like technology, the TVs are all old, which is great. I love old, like old TV, like tube TV, old ones, not CRTV, whatever crap that makes a terrible noise. I wonder if it is just the style of that universe or if it is supposed to be specifically in a time because in the beginning, when we do see Sam Charlotte for the first time, she looks like she's dressed modern clothes. Same yeah. with the little boy, But then in the sequence of, and here's the thing, she looks like she's dressed modern and she comes in right after the wake or the funeral for this little boy who just died, right? Yeah. And then at the end of it, the story is she was born babysitting whatever that whole nonsense (laughs) of that just happened supposedly at least within the last few weeks but she looks like she's dressed modernly but the doctor comes in and he still looks like he's dressed kind of vintage but almost timeless because he's he's
0: with like three different stories and if Wendell was in this one potentially that Three and four must have have happened pretty close to each other.
1: Yeah, so I I don't know. That's Or maybe the the costuming just
0: didn't do well, but I don't know. They did well with everything else. The the set design was at least pretty accurate. It was just mainly uh, costuming. I don't know.
1: But what I I will say, overall, what I was surprised at, because this was the first time I watched a a film on Shudder, it was not what I was expecting out of a spooky Horror movie. If anything, it's, it's less horror and more of like creep show. And, and there's, it, there's more to play with with the nuances of narrative and storytelling, which they do try to focus on and I think that's really what it was trying to do is, like I said, set an expectation, meet it and then fuck with your head and not meet that expectation. And I I really enjoyed that, but from a filmmaking standpoint, the composition of the entire film was fantastic. Very the good. The shots were great. Goodly. The lighting lighting was amazing. I love the color grading they did. I love the just all the different techniques that they used, you know, apart from just the weird special Top effects in. at the end. Yeah. yeah because everything else was great. Even, yeah. you know, even a penis exploding for that quick shot enough for you to understand it. I keep like smacking my hand together to at point. even the CG, <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm not on a podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. My- even the CGI with the woman being pulled into the like little tunnel in the first story wasn't even that bad. I think this one, it was just a little too kind of cheesy. To have these like charcoal looking kids come out of books and be like, we're going to get you. I, I, I just wish maybe they just did something different there.
1: I didn't pick up on until probably Wendell's story that the doctor was in everything. And and also maybe there's a parallel there too, because you have a mortician that deals with dead people on on that end of their life, but a doctor will deal with people at some point throughout their entire life. So may, there's a, maybe there's a parallel there mm. too, that they're trying to say, I don't know.
0: Well, the real moral of this story is don't be associated with the doctor because you will die. Overall, I really like this. I mean, my friends watched this and they said they didn't like it, but I feel like it was one of those moments where they are all just grouped together watching a movie and just cutting, you know, the shit to be like, oh, it's not scary, right? Because have you ever been in a situation where you're watching a scary movie with friends and you're downplaying like it's not scary, but you're the entire time you're like, okay, this is kind of scary, but I'm. Gonna oh, that's that.
1: that's what happened when I was in middle school and I watched The Grudge with my friends <laughs> at their house, and my and I was cracking jokes because I was scared shitless. But (laughs) But my friend and I were laying like foot to head on this like couch bunk. She had a bunk bed in the basement and we would do sleepovers, but basically she's laying one way on this like couch and her, and because her head's down by my feet. Her phone's over there. Her phone vibrates during the scene where the grudge like get I think it's the grudge and you can correct me if I'm wrong. My memory's just failing me the older I get. It's when the thing like crawls up between the sheets cuz the woman goes oh, and like yeah. hides under the bed sheets and I'm like no you're not supposed to get in the bed. <laughs> They're supposed to protect you. Her phone vibrated by my foot as that was happening and I about pissed my pants. And so I mean like it's worth a chance and that's the thing it's like I I like using anthology and frame stories to set up horror because you can kind of, or something spooky because you can use it in so many creative ways without having to drag out one story for an hour and a half or longer. Mm -hmm. So I enjoyed it.
0: Really good props to Sam and Monty. I think they were really good. Um, Honestly, everyone did pretty well in acting. Monty was played by Clancy Brown and Sam was slam slash- um, Charlotte was played by Caitlin Custer. So props on y'all. I probably should have mentioned that in the beginning. And it was also directed and written by Ryan Spindle or Spindle. Very good job, uh, Ryan.
1: And I like a cast of people you don't really recognize too. Cause that is also really helpful. Like, I mean, if you recognize them good on you, but me, I'm like, Oh, I don't, but that I like that. I can like that about movies. Um, but I did see the guy who plays Jake is Jacob. El- lordy or something um australian dude he's been in the kissing booth which i have not watched but it's a netflix cutesy thing
0: oh i, I don't know that i've seen
1: that. i don't know but he's been in the kissing booth and there's been a kissing booth two, and there's going to be a kissing booth three so he's had some success there um and then i guess he's also been in the hbo <laughs> series euphoria oh this man is tall He's six foot five so maybe their tripod wasn't tall enough to get because you could not get eye level with that guy though but i did like how they did it i'm not exactly landed on what purpose it served but it made for really good shots to look at and the thing too i was thinking on it and and maybe it's something i'd have to think more of oh you have a reaction
0: monty is mr Krabs.
1: (gasps) (laughs) oh yes He's Mr. Krabs. Okay. I don't know why, but it makes so much sense. <laughs> he's Mr.
0: Krabs. Oh my God. I love that.
1: Ooh, I love it. I love the unexpected. Oh my God. Cause he seemed really familiar, not familiar as Mr. Krabs, but there's a quality about him that he's, I probably picked up on him and oh something else. <laughs> that was such a beautiful moment to experience with you. My goodness. Now, River, where can we find you? Oh God. Um, you can find me on Instagram for now. <laughs> I say that with a caveat of if Instagram is still around by the time we uh we put things out. Um I'm on Instagram at I think I'm at River Chow underscore. Yeah, I use my name. So River C H A U underscore. Um, I have a YouTube channel. You can find me as River Chow there. I will be putting up new content soon-ish. And uh, I have a newsletter, but literally all the links to find anything that I'm doing and to stalk me in in an appropriate manner on the internet would would be on like my socials, which I'm assuming might be in some show notes somewhere, (laughs) I imagine.
0: (laughs) And I'm Tara Carr. That's T-E-R-R-A-H. C A R D. I was like, did I spell my own name right? T E R R A H. Okay, yeah. There you go. <laughs> and you can find me on Instagram under the same name, Twitch under the same name, uh, not on Twitter under the same name because they suspended my account and I can't get it <laughs> back and they won't tell me why. Um, but you can find this podcast on Twitter. That's what I've been tweeting from under Stay On The Line TC, like my initials, and on Instagram at Stay On The Line Podcast. And make sure you follow this podcast on wherever you listen to your podcast. It's up on Google Podcasts, Spotify, iTunes. And on iTunes or wherever you can leave a review, leave a review and give a good rating. That's basically everything now. So until next time, do you have any last remarks, River?
1: Be kind to yourself and stay hydrated. That's all I got. And don't dr- important things.
0: Don't drop your wife into a hair figurine and impale her. And call
1: the cop. Look, if you're in trouble, don't get into more trouble. Call the appropriate authorities.
0: Please. Wow, this this Blue Lives Matter bitch up in here. No. <laughs> oh, don't
1: even. Don't even.
0: <laughs> Alright, so until next time, make sure you stay on the line. Bye. This is where you say bye to. Bye. Hey,
1: okay, bye. Bye.